What's up everybody? This week I'm joined by Greg Gregory as we take a look at The Simpsons. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe I'm still looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Welcome to the show. Of course, it wouldn't be the same without us uh, doing a real, really bad joke at the very beginning. But uh, here we are. Welcome back. Hope everybody is doing well. And here we are. Because maybe the 90s podcast, season five, Chinese democracy. Hope everybody is doing well. And I am joined once again by the awesome Greg Gregory. Greg, how are you, brother? Hey, man. Real good. Just good to be back. Oh, man. It's been six and a half months since we actually did something with this thing. And I'm feeling every single one of those months right now. Was <laughs> we talking? Yeah, I mean, we used, yeah, we used to uh, share our office wall, and yeah, now we don't. So that's been kind of weird too. Yeah, it's uh, it's been very very weird for us. Um, if you don't know, um, we a couple of months ago uh, started working from working from our own uh, homes, right? And part of that was real real fun, but the other part is trying to get everybody together to, to take care of some of this stuff. And plus, you know, I'll be completely honest, I might have had uh, a little bit of an easier time these last couple of months if I had people around me. But you know what? Considering some of the people we were around, uh, yeah. Yeah, sometimes change is a welcome thing, you know, and I, th- I think both have their um, advantages and disadvantages, obviously. But, uh, you know, for me, it's pretty chill. I just, you know, I can just sit there and do my work and no one bothers me and just... You know, I I just log in and my stuff's all sitting there waiting for me. You there know, you go. Not, that's, a, not a whole lot to complain about, you know. That's my favorite part of everything, too, is just being able to sit there and do nothing or do everything that I want to do, excuse me, and not be bothered by anybody who I don't want to be around. So, but, but if you're trying to do something, then I couldn't tell you times where I was, like, working on a big project or, you know, trying to wrap my head around some kind of, you know, distribution nightmare or something oh, and God, someone yeah. pop in, hey, buddy, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, oh, dude, please. Victory donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Started. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, so, so like I said, that, that, that happened around the end of the time we were recording um, the end of the last season, right? And that's part of the reason why it's taken me so long to get everything uh, straightened up for, for this season. And, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been a while. I know I mentioned it uh, on the blogs and everything like that. Let, let me just uh, very quickly in person. I had uh, uh, some problems with uh, mental health issues. And uh, part of that was because uh, medicine was not working correctly as it should. And, you know, it just took me a while to get out of it. And I had um, a smaller support system than what I was used to, I guess you could say. And, you know, it caused me to not want to do this at all. And to be fair, you know, working on a weekly episodic podcast type deal is a pain in the ass when you're not feeling up to it, you know? And, I mean, it, it sucks because I really wanted to do this a lot more and I really wanted to, you know, uh, get this done more often. This is actually, for people who don't know, this is actually our second attempt at recording this specific episode. Yeah, we actually, uh, we, we took a stab at this and had some um, some technical difficulties um, which did not allow us to release it, so... And that, and that, was, that, that sent me over the top, um, <laughs> to be quite honest, because we, like, we worked hard on that, you know? Um, but what happened was, what happened is... What uh, my my idiotic self decided to use a bad cable, and I know that doesn't sound like much, but when you have a bad cable and half of the conversation goes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's 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 like the audio engineer code, man. I mean we're we're both professional audio engineers, so I mean if if you get something bad, yeah, you either fix it or you recut it. Exactly. That's so we chose to. 
um, take a little break and, um, you know, worked out some of those kinks and here we are. And also I'd like to tack on to what you're saying about, um, you know, the pod and how it's not super fun when you're, you're, you know, you're not feeling yeah. it. Um, a lot, a lot of people might not realize, um, exactly how much work goes into this. Cause I'm sitting here looking at this, like stacks of paper and <laughs> it's all bullet pointed and highlighted and sectioned off. And so, I mean, really, you know, a lot, a lot of work going into that. So yeah, much, much props there. It's easy to understand how they, that would not be fun to put that much, um, task into something that's supposed to be a labor of love when you're, you know. Yeah, so... Well, one of the things is a lot of the podcasts I listen to are current, if that makes sense. You know, um, sports podcasts. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you don't have to put much research into what happened last week with a certain football team. Well, you yeah, because you just... down all week. Yeah, and, and you're literally just commenting on... It's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe that he, you know, he went in there and he did that. It's like, oh, I know. But this, I mean, you're you're literally like trying to... I'm digging up stuff from 30 years ago. And we're, we're trying to, you know, keep it keep it informative, but you know uh entertaining and yeah. opinionated but you know it's it's it's, it's a delicate dance you got, i guess you'd and say not, not just that too right it's it's you know i don't want to i don't want to short change folks i wanted to make i wanted to make this show a show that i would listen to if i wasn't doing it and yeah, no, totally, to, totally. to do that you got to have like you got to put some quality into it and all right fair enough this might not be the greatest ever whatever right but I work hard and I do my best. It's true. Well, it's true to heart. And I think yeah. that's, I think that was one of the biggest things that when, when you were in kind of beta mode for the podcast, like you knew you wanted to do a podcast, but you weren't really sure exactly like how or what you were still kind of in the beginning stages. Yeah. And, and I, and I just told you, you know, cause you mentioned that you weren't fond of researching and <laughs> right. you know putting in lots of hours for that sort of thing, which were going to be necessary. And I just told you, man, look, you just got to stay true to the heart and you got to find something that you're passionate about, something that you want to talk about, something you know about. And that's that. And, you know, for as someone who's right around the same age as you, you know, I totally understand the connection to 90s culture and, and, you know, music movies, just pretty much anything doing with it. And so it's not it's not a small task because. You know, there, the, you know, a lot of that stuff wasn't, you know, all the stuff that's happened in the past 15 years is all on the internet and you can go watch chocolate rain anytime you want, <laughs> you know, we can't, I can't, you know, bring up some of the awesome shows that I saw when I was a teenager cause no one was there videotaping them. No. no. So it's up to us to kind of like take what we know and our, our opinions and our experiences yeah. and sort of just kind of like frame it up, you know? And not only that, I mean, you know, the pair of us are, I mean, we both go about it different ways, obviously, but, um, you know. It's not, um, it's well, not for and, show, you and, know? Yeah. And you're from, and you're from, uh, England and I'm from America. So yeah. we got two really unique perspectives. I mean, so that, that's kind of cool too, because you see so things from both sides of the world. It, yeah, totally. And then and it, like, cause you've introduced me into, uh, bands that like I probably wouldn't have listened to before, you know, BDI and Manic Street Preachers and stuff like that, you know? And so I, I really, you know, dig a lot of that. So. I never really listened to too much of it, so that's kind of that's cool for cool for me, you know. And that was some of the stuff you introduced me to as well. I mean, I know that I know this sounds weird, but like you know, uh, working with you guys and doing some of the stuff, the first uh, the first set that you guys gave me, I looked at it and I was like, I know I don't know half of these songs. And when I listened to them the first time, I knew that I knew them, but I didn't know what they were called whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? But um, it's 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 and and the reason the reason we're talking about this is because this is this is the important part of why. I decided to work to try and bring everybody back, try and bring the band back together as it was. 
this I said it before and I'll say it again, right? The nineties was the last decade, right? Of significant change so far. With all due respect to the new millennium and twenty ten so far the twenty ten so far going into twenty twenty, nothing new has been done. You know? Well, yeah. you know, we have Snapchat now. Yeah, I know that, but you didn't have the internet in 1990. In 1999, you were getting the internet on telephones. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, like, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I'm knocking on 40's door, but I personally feel like entertainment's gotten a, a little bit stale in the past decade. But, you know, that's that's just me. I'm, like I said, I'm, you know. <laughs> we're, a couple of, <laughs> we're, we're a couple of geezers, right? <laughs> I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And, you know, there's a lot of times where... You know, I I, I want to listen to like some some Chicago or some oh, yeah. you know some Bob Marley like just some relaxing chilling music. You My, know, I was I was all up in eighties uh, REM today. Oh, I nice. Mean, you know, so it's like, yeah. I mean, I mean, the last couple of nights. I mean, you know, people people our age, right? They usually, you know, even parents. You know, they have this full vibrant life and everything like that. I was sitting at home folding laundry, watching Jeopardy. You know, it's, it's you know, and I've been playing Farm Simulator for crying out loud. It's just like you know, oh, it's a fun game. Yeah, I've been tearing up Skyrim as usual. Um, I've been, I uh, did a PA install last week. Yes, um, been touring a little bit. Um, now, unfortunately, oh, we got to play in Ranger Stadium. I don't, oh. know if, I don't know if we told you about that. No, go ahead. That was pretty awesome. Sweet. I mean, not like okay. I, I guess you could say technically in the stadium, like we were in in the stadium, like not in the. Okay, I got you. Like we weren't set up in the middle of the freaking in the like, field, in like the you baseball know. diamond or something. <laughs> but like, um, they have this uh, at Ranger Stadium. They have this sort of like concourse. It's almost like a mall type oh, okay. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> they they have a bunch of uh, food places and. Uh, bars and you know stuff like that. Nice. So um, it was really cool. There's the stage. Okay, they had a setup. Like you go in through this tunnel and set up behind this LED wall. That was that pic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then so we set up and we did sound check through the stage wall. And this the sound engineer is like 150 feet away, and he's with the help of an assistant is sitting there checking all our levels because he knows exactly what level everything needs to be at nice and he listens to it anyway so we sound check uh we went and ate at guy fieri's restaurant which was pretty cool you went to flavortown yeah yeah man <laughs> hey he needs to bulk up his taco sizes that's all i gotta say but uh, but anyway long story short they pulled they announced us and they just pulled up the stage and then we hadn't really looked at everything but we were like the background behind the bar like the i could have reached over and grabbed a, a, a <laughs> liquor bottle at any time any nice. beer bottle i wanted to or i, I would i wouldn't have obviously no, no, but no. it was just kind of cool and uh yeah so when everybody started leaving the game we started playing at 10 30 it was right after the game ended as everyone was leaving the stadium they had to walk by us so the ones who want to who like oh what's this let me thirty five thousand people in that stadium that day and most if not all had to walk by us playing so that was pretty cool that's sweet man. it was kind of nerve-wracking but it was it was really fun we had had a really good time that led wall was just so crazy though it was just they pulled it up well hopefully uh hopefully food doesn't get ideas (laughs) well you know what that's already in the works uh we got a little tower that we're talking about getting nice for each side for just like graphics but anyway that's that's <laughs> that's secret classified information I i'll can't bleep it all up don't worry about it oh, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's that big a now i would ask you to to let us know what you guys have got coming up but there's going to be a slight problem with it and i'll I, i'll explain to it right now 
Um, going back r- real quick to, to what we're talking about. Um, you're hearing the rambling right now because um, we're going to be doing this and then we're going to be doing probably... There's going to be six episodes coming out over a six-week period, right? Here's the problem. Because of hectic schedules, my own issues and everything like that, I'm feeling better, but I'm not a thousand percent, you know what I mean? So this could come out in two weeks' time, or it could come out in three months' time. So, sure. <laughs> you know, hey, come see us this this Saturday. Well, where are you? Uh, I don't well, know. You know, <laughs> you know, I was just do a general plug. I mean, we're, yeah. all, we're always there at theholidays.com. That's right. Um, we, the, uh, the tour page is constantly being updated. Uh, we're on the road um, between Texas and Florida all the time. So if you're in that region, uh, just keep your ears out. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all that. We are on all of them, whichever one you prefer. Sweet. Um, we do have stuff coming up all over the place. So do check it out and check out our uh, YouTube channel as well. See some live videos and performances and some promotional videos. And yeah, man. Just check it out. If you like the 90s, check out the Holodex. Sweet. And, and like I said, I'm going to be checking you guys out hopefully this Saturday. Uh, you know, so awesome. it's, it's, a, it's a dang good show. So, guys, if you are, hang on one second. Let me get my paper up because I've got some new information for you guys. This just yes, in. This just in. No, no, no. Uh, basically, put last time we spoke to you on the podcast, we were the Because Maybe podcast. Since then, we've updated... Up, up, uh, expanded not upgraded we expanded what we do to include video games and extra blogs and stuff like that so we changed it to the because maybe network because a i'm lazy and b why not so we've got just a couple of new things for you if you are on facebook look at because maybe network if you're on youtube look bit.ly slash bm network dash youtube if you're on twitter look up underscore because maybe and of course we're still because maybe podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify and podbean as of recording. Now, I know all three of them are going through some changes, but as of recording, that's where we're at. Hey, share, share that with people as well. So, um, yeah. you know, you get, you spread, the, spread the word of a, you know, true-to-heart, uh, homegrown uh, podcast made by people that actually give a crap about the content. Exactly. And, you know, full of... Uh, jokes so if you, <laughs> so guys we'll be right back here in just a minute and we're going to go through the simpsons but first a word from one of our sponsors this week are you lonely are you struggling with the expectations of an out of touch boss a disenfranchised customer base does the idea of going to work leave you in a cold sweat with an anxiety attack not far around the corner does the boss's insistence that he has good for you to do grind your ever-loving nerves Does the fallout of you walking away potentially affect not only you, but your new wife, who also works with you? Then why not try Maine Meats? That's right, our tough $2 steaks are made from only the worst cuts of meat you could possibly think of. We also have sausage, chicken, pork, duck, pheasant, and for our southern customers, squirrel, deer, roadkill, and of course, mystery meat. That's right, city boy, you don't want to know, and we don't want to tell you what that is you're grilling. All of our meats are hormone-riddled, antibiotic-fed, caged animals with quality so low that even the largest burger chains would think twice about using our meat. Use the special code WOW, this was an inappropriate segue at checkout, to get a second case for half off. Not the price, but the amount of meat that you get. Now you can pour your heart and soul out to your friends, all the while people are asking about your meat. Main Meats, for when you need meat, and coincidental awkwardness. Cultural Impact 
Yes, we are the Simpsons. Okay, now if you want to rub a laugh at it, just just watch, listen to the very, 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 very end after the closing music, and you'll see what it is. So this week, uh, we're going to be talking um, half of what I know about the Simpsons. Okay, and the other half we're going to talk about in two weeks' time. And I've actually got from my original uh, attempts at recording. I do actually have. Um, I, I this you know I have something else as well going in there uh, to do with the Simpsons, but we'll we'll touch on that too while we're here because why not? Um, so let's talk about the Simpsons. Um, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Cartoons, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know. I wouldn't call it the one of the greatest TV shows of all time. But I, definitely one of the greatest yeah, animated shows. Of all I guess. Time. I, well, I guess you could argue it's one of the best TV shows. It's it it was definitely groundbreaking. It um. It it created a kind of like an openness for a family type cartoon because yeah. cartoons were more like Saturday morning. Yeah, it was more like Tom and Jerry, like the slapstick, you know, kind of. There was no like prime time cartoon type of thing, you know. So I mean, yeah, I guess you could say it was it probably just for longevity solely, probably top ten, and and not just that as well. I mean. Looking at it through eyes of today, I mean, it's one of the most mediocre shows in the world because the last 10 years, the quality has just gone down the toilet. Um, I watched like half an episode and I didn't laugh once a couple of weeks ago, you know, and yeah. it just, you know, it was it was kind of sad. You know, it's like, um, it's like when a sports franchise wheels out, you know, the old man, you know, who's the hero. He the, can't throw anymore. He can't won hit the championship anymore. 45 years ago. Yeah. It's the last time they were in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, enough about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, asking for a friend, how long until you can consider something an antique? Just wondering. <laughs> Liverpool fans, do you also know that too with the league championship? Uh, <laughs> no, you just won the Champions Cup. I'm not going to complain about that. Uh, but you beat Spurs. So, yeah, that, that was horrible for me. I had to be a Liverpool fan for a week. It was... Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, um, no... Anyway, the, the the Simpsons, you know, um, it didn't start, you know, like a lot of things, it did not start as, um, I suppose what it says, it, did, it actually didn't even start as an idea. You know, it was, it, the Simpsons that we got was actual a throwaway thing, you know, and it went on to become one of the greatest TV shows in the, in, in the history of TV and definitely one of the greatest animated shows in the history of TV. Swept up off the cutting room floor, essentially. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. We'll, we'll go into it here in just a second, okay? But what, how did The Simpsons begin, right? You've got to go all the way back to 1979, okay? Um, so we're not even going to the 80s for this one. We're going back to the 70s, you know? Um, there was a, a Seattle, not a Seattle, but a, a, a Oregonian-based cartoon artist called Matt Groinen, okay? He um, moved to L.A. to, you know... Uh, for more work, right, essentially. And he started drawing this comic strip called Life in Hell. And, I, you know, obviously I didn't read it at its original inception, but with the internet coming around and, you know, I, I read some of those strips yeah, and they I've were absolutely hilarious. Um, um, and, you know, now, yeah. And you can definitely see the um, the pre-Simpsons style. Yeah. And you can definitely look at that now and say, yeah, that's the guy that did the Simpsons. Uh, and not only, not only that, too, not just the drawings, but definitely the humor in it as well. Sure, yeah, sure. But but nonetheless, that cat is totally drawn like uh, <laughs> scratchy or itchy. Which one is itchy and which one is scratchy? I can um, never remember. I think... Because that's this. Isn't it the same damn thing? I, let me... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, 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 let me Google this while, while, while we're talking about it. But I mean, you know, it was it was basically a um, in terms of the not the content, but in terms of the style and humor, it was definitely a, a proto Simpsons, right? Yeah, no, totally. It, um, I mean, just uh, all artists kind of have this sort of distinct style. And if you look at the the um, the Life in Hell comics and then compare it to um, any anything especially early on um perhaps still now even though the characters have developed and evolved um over the years um you know as technology's gotten better and as the the budgets have increased et cetera, et cetera. so um yeah i mean it was definitely um it was definitely different it was unique and um it, you know it was bound that someone was going to try to do something uh with that and you know i think the him getting together with james l brooks was you know perfect i mean oh yeah there was that was a really really good um alignment and then and they they still have a really really good relationship apparently because they're still doing it you know yeah fox was fox not fox news but fox tv tv station was a new concept uh in the 80s it was it was trying to it's trying to become america's channel four you know, um, and from the UK, I remember Channel 5 coming on board, which was, you know, considered a joke at the time. And in fact, it still is, you know, but um, they came on and James L. Brooks you know, saw this show and he agreed to, uh, you know, he wanted to get Macron involved with um, one of his other finds, which was Tracy Ullman. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Ullman is a British comedian, uh, dancer, singer, writer, actress, funny 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 she's woman. a renaissance woman yes she's 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 an old-timey entertainer she speaks multiple languages i believe also like she's she's yeah, yeah she's quite quite the lady now the style of show that she put on was like new new to american audiences but in britain you know we'd seen shows like that for years and years and years where you'd have comedy pieces singing pieces you know, animation pieces and stuff like that and one of the things was going to be uh shorts of life in hell and so James L. Brooks pulls up uh, Groinen into the, into his office and wants to bring about a cartoon of Life in Hell. Maybe animated shorts, no more than three minutes apiece at the end of every commercial break for a Chris Ullman show, right? But Matt Groinen doesn't want to do Life in Hell. He kind of like has this um, crisis of ownership like within 20 minutes before like you're going into a meeting with one of the biggest TV executives in the country and you've got 20 minutes to come up with a new idea to to give to him you know and and that's where the simpsons came from it was literally it took 20 minutes for him to sketch out five people name, name them all after his family yeah. and yeah I was about to say he and and you know from what I can gather he modeled it a lot after his own family which a lot of modern you know primetime cartoonists yep. are doing you know, uh, South Park's another good example of that. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah. want to meet the real-life Randy Marsh, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's... You can you can see his dad in the movie Campbell the Musical. His dad plays the judge, and he does look exactly like Randy Marsh. Exactly. Now, just for uh, just a quick uh, interlude, we have found out we have some breaking news here on the Because Maybe podcast, and... Itchy is the mouse. Scratchy oh, is the cat. That's what I thought. And that would make sense because the cat has claws. Yeah. I, Maybe I can use that to remember. Oh, no. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, basically put, it's Tom and Jerry on, I don't know, PCP. Uh, uh, yeah. 
Dang right. Uh, <laughs> so, Gordon sketches out the family, right? And ironically, right, and this is this is one of the funniest parts of it. You know, he named all the characters after his family, with the exception of Bart. He was going to call he wasn't called the character Matt, but he thought that would be too too meta, I guess. Too derivative. Yeah. So so he changed it to for, to Bart, which is an anagram of Bright. Right. Oh, okay. And so, as as it which was, is accurate. Yeah, as it was going on, right, he expanded the family to bring in Grandpa, right, and they asked him what was his grandfather's name, and he refused to give them his grandfather's name. He didn't want the character of Grandpa Simpson to be named after Grandpa. So they called him Abraham. They, they called him Abe, and Abe apparently was Mike Gronin's grandfather's name. So they're just like, <laughs> uh, think of an old guy name, old guy name, old guy name, old guy name. Uh, Abraham. Uh, Abraham. Don't. Looks for me. <laughs> and that's where they got the Homer thing from. Don't. don't. Right, right there. Apparently that's uh, that the word D apostrophe O-H has never been written in a Simpsons script. Really? Yes. It's called Annoyed Grunt. Really? Yeah. In fact, there's a there's, a, there's an episode called E-I-E-I Annoyed Grunt. So, <sighs> E-I-E-I-Do. So... So the Simpsons started, right? It went on to uh, Tracy Ullman, and as I mentioned, you know, the Tracy Ullman show was a variety show that was critically acclaimed. But um, I think more people saw Tupac get shot than watched the Tracy Ullman show. I I remember <laughs> it. Uh, I just I don't think I it was it was kind of on late. I think it was on HBO. Like it was it was very specific kind of market. Yeah, I think that might have been kind of a problem if it had been on Fox or something. Yeah, or you know something else. It maybe, was it, it was on too it was on too late to appeal to the audience that it wanted to be on, right? And so the Simpsons would be on like a section segment two commercial break, right? Or segment three just after commercial break, right? And these shorts got so popular that by the end of the run, like by season four. They were getting their own 15-minute segment at the end of the show. Okay. You know, everybody wanted to see The Simpsons. Everybody wanted to see what was going on. So in 1989, uh, the Fox executives decided to create a 30-minute uh, length episode of The Simpsons and a 12-part season of it. And the first episode of The Simpsons was actually a Christmas special. Um, and that episode, was crea- that episode was broadcast in 1989. Now... Wow. That, so that... Could it disqualify? Well, it's only literally seven days. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you could also <laughs> argue the the bulk of the catalog oh, and yeah. the and the golden age is definitely was definitely in the early nineties to mid nineties. Oh yeah, season one, episode one is was officially released January January fourteenth, nineteen ninety. So that's. It counts, damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, we've had we've uh, we've bumped into that before too. Like with uh, some stuff with the Holodex. Like, oh man, uh, you're playing, you know, Blink One Eighty Two, and that that song came out in two thousand. Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah, but it was written in nineteen ninety nine, and, and it was recorded in nineteen ninety nine. And the album that it was on came out in ninety nine. It just came out in January. It well, it, it, the, it, the single didn't get released till later. So there's. It, it's yeah. it's close enough to the cusp that it's not that big of a deal. It's like we're not going to play some if it's just barely two thousand, no big deal. But if it's twenty thirteen, then that's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I I I define nineties pop culture from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand two because that's you know that's there's always a little overlap. There's always a little overlap. There's always a little overlap. So the first uh, episode of The Simpsons was a Christmas special. Uh, basically, Bart gets a tattoo, causing Marge to spend the Christmas money to remove it, thinking that Homer's going to get a big bonus from his job. 
Homer doesn't get the bonus from his job and thinks that Marge's big jar of money is going to get Christmas out of the way. Uh, when he finds out that uh, they spent all the money on Bart, he decides to become a Santa and on the advice of alcoholic friend Barney Gumble, decides to bet his Santa earnings at the track on a dog called Santa's Little Helper. And wouldn't you know, Santa's Little Helper lost. And this is one of the hallmarks of The Simpsons, right? Violence for a start. Slapstick violence, but violence, right? They have a they have a dude with a bat chasing this greyhound like 25 minutes into the first episode of The Simpsons. Legitimately wanting to hurt it. You know, it's like, okay, Marker laid very, very much down that there were no sacred cows in the show. And I think they did that really, really well, you know? Yeah. I mean, okay, South Park did no sacred cows with humor and ir- not necessarily ironic stuff, but like, um, okay, Big Gay Al in the in the scouts they kicked him out because they thought he was going to do something with the children and then they had an actual pedophile come in yeah um professor slippy fist or something, <laughs> something like that but they played it along with humor and how everyone was stupid whereas this first episode of simpson there is a man literally chasing a dog with a baseball bat threatening to kill it you know <laughs> so yeah well we all know that the uh the, the the simpsons definitely have a more wholesome take than south park did the Simpsons were definitely, I don't know, maybe in the beginning, but towards when they started picking up steam, they were aiming for the most heterogeneous yeah. audience as possible. So they wanted, well, and maybe, well, maybe I've missed that. They wanted everyone to watch this show. So yeah. they made they made it so that kids and adults, everyone they could relate to it. it. Exactly. They wanted everyone, they wanted everyone to watch it. Well, South Park, they were like, if you, you know. They have a disclaimer in the beginning. Don't watch our show. Yeah. Just, just don't watch it. Stop. Yeah. Don't, turn it off. Oh, you're watching it. We're not all responsible. Yeah, and I think I think that <laughs> that's the difference between um, between The Simpsons and a lot of things that came after it, which we'll talk about uh, next week um, or the week after, whenever it comes out. Um, the Simpsons kind of went at things with a subtle wink and a nod and uh, hey, now this is this is what's happening. If you think this is funny, we need to take care of it. A little subtlety. Yeah. yeah where, whereas a lot of the other shows came at it with a X. Yeah. And beat it into you that this was, you know, this was a thing. You know, and I and I use South Park as an example, King of the King of the Hill King of the Ring. King of the Hill was the same thing. Um even Beavis and Butthead, you know. It, it just it, it I think you could get away with a lot more in an animated thing than you could in a non animated thing, right? Uh what's one of the what's one of the Simpsons' biggest running gags to this day? Homer choking the shit out of Bert. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. Why are you little? Domestic violence, everybody. That's right. <laughs> Wake him. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, my word. But, um, no, t- you know, I mean, Bart did get strangled a lot by his dad, right? But that, that's because in that early season especially, they 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 positioned Bart as the star of that show. And yeah. I think halfway through the first season, they realized that it was a very, very narrow field yeah they were gonna run out of content really really quick because because you're right because in the first i'd say the first i don't know handful of episodes they were all very bart centric yeah and then um i think it was the first halloween special that's when you really saw like everyone else even time and then even there was a couple a couple of segments within a segment so they had one where it was like marge was the lead and homer blah 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 and they realized then even further on that if they made it about the whole town which is kind of what they're doing now. Yeah, they'd have even more, and they added all these characters, and 
all these layers. So I mean, it, was, it was smart to develop it like that. The best shows focus around two plots. The first plot has to do with a family member, and the second plot has to do with a family member and a townsfolk. I mean, th- th- they have always been the best shows. Like, um, Principal Skinner joins the army. You know, um, Frank Grimes. You know, th- th- those episodes where it's driven by a character outside of the family, but because of the family, the hijinks happen. You know, um, they did try and move it to Homer in the first season and much of the second season, but again, you know, it was the same. The well would run dry quickly. And in my opinion, they changed the character of Homer too quickly. You know, um, th- th- that, those first two seasons of Homer, right? He was, he lacked common sense, right? But he was a kind-hearted man. He wasn't intel. He wasn't super intelligent, but he wasn't super stupid either. He's kind of bumbling. Yeah, he was. He was. You know, the traditional but, stereotypical dad that you went for in that that time period. But he was still kind-hearted for the most part. Like he he was he was aloof. And a bit yeah. absent-minded, but he he wasn't malicious. Like he wasn't, like he didn't, you know, do anything that I can think of. Like that showed he didn't care that he was neglectful or anything. He just kind of just made some bad choices here and there. The the only fun, th- fun-loving guy. The the only thing I can think of. I mean, the only thing I can think of that he did in the first few seasons that might have considered the first two seasons that might have been considered selfish was I mean he was dancing with a, with a stripper at his friend's bachelor party. And he got caught on camera. Yeah, you know, um, like one of the one of the earlier episodes, he pawns their most prized possession to get the family help because he feels like the family is not being as good as it can be. You oh. know, and they end up in Doctor Marvin Monroe's electroshock therapy room. You know, and but that was his idea. He wanted a better life for him and his family. And as the season moved on, his IQ dropped below that of a room temperature glass of water. Yeah. And, you know, he became a bumbling idiot with no morals, selfish, and very little intelligence. You know, and and I think when Homer became so dumb that, you know, his hijinks were unbelievable even for a cartoon show that that established the sense of realism, that's when, in in my opinion, that it was over. You know, um... Wait, well, hang on. What do you mean realism? He fell down the Springfield Gorge trap to a gurney. Yeah, I know, but that was comic effect. It wasn't his intelligence that, that got him into that situation. It was situation. It was circumstance, right? But when he's, you know, getting his head caught in a suspension, in a, in a uh, not a suspension bridge, in a, you know, lift, one of those bridges that, you know, the road lifts up. I can't remember what they're called. Drawbridge. Drawbridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And cars are driving over it and he's hanging by, that's not funny anymore, you know? That's just, that's, that's too contrived. That's a mental health issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now his intelligence was caused by a crayon up his nose. I mean, I don't know. I just, it just, you know. But I mean, so it shifted focus, right? It went from Burton Homer. And then, like we mentioned, you know, it went from, uh, went from kind of doing dual plots or at least having a plot between a family member and a townsfolk. Uh, one of my favorite ones was when, um... Apu got fired from the Quickie Mart and moved in with the Simpsons. And they went to India, you know. And that that was a really, really good episode. It had some good singing, good jokes, which is the hallmark of a good Simpsons episode. Excuse me. But um, was there anything that in, in those early episodes that you might have looked at and gone, uh, yeah, this is going to be the standard for animated shows for the next 20 years? 
No, I... Or did it just seem like it was going to be like another four or five years and then on to the next thing? I was, you know, I don't know. I was pretty young at the time. True. When it came out, I was probably six years old. Uh, I didn't really watch it until the there were a couple seasons in. I was just kind of enjoying it for what it was. Um, you know, I wasn't looking at what the critical eye or anything. I just really, those first couple seasons, um, like the one where they, uh, where Bart cut the head off the statue and... The first Treehouse of Horror, you know, those were just, it's, it was just good episodes. I mean, there was other cartoons I liked. It was just something special about The Simpsons in particular. I didn't, I didn't know what I, that I was witnessing, you know, a piece of history when I watched this. Because, you know, like you said, there's so much stuff that's fly by night. It's hard to know what's going to stick. But, yeah, I mean, I guess within a, the, uh, when I, you know, hit my teens, I was like, wow, it's still around. I, that's when I knew that it was something special was going to be around for a while by the time i think 99 came around i think that was when everybody knew that it was either going to get better or it peaked and if you watched it up until 99 it was hard to figure out how it could get better yeah you know because for for, for people who, 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 who are younger who have only seen the simpsons in the last 10 years or so right the simpsons that you see now right is like the original first two or three seasons of family guy in the sense of it wasn't as it wasn't that funny. The jokes were, you know, throwaway. Cheap, cheap humor. Yeah, and the Simpsons had an intelligent underbelly to it. You know, it was—I don't want to say it was an intelligent man's, uh, intelligent person's comedy, but at the same time, you know, it had more substance than some of the other cartoons. The most, the I mean, like Wiley e. Coyote and. Some of those other ones, Tom and Jerry, it was just mostly just senseless slapstick violence, and this presented a little bit more than that, you know, a little it, more something that taught something about morals and about, you know, it was relatable family incidences and you know, they being didn't, human that kind of thing. They didn't try and play. They didn't try and play up the perfect family. No, I think they, they just played it up to be a normal family. I mean, I well, I I'd argue they challenged the idea of what is normal, because if you look at every family there. They've all got some little quirk about them. Yeah. Like, even the perceived perfection of Flanders has this little weird, you know, idiosyncrasies and yeah. and perks and, and weird things. Like and then Flanders at, is 60, for example. Uh, Chief Chief Wiggum. I mean, <sighs> his he has the strangest little boy in the whole world. Um, you know, I could go on and on. Uh, Patty and Selma, they're strange, you know. Everybody's got that little quirk, you know, and it's part of the charm of the town, but I think, it, I think it, it's a statement. It challenges the idea that, like, you know, that someone is quote-unquote normal. I, 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 would, I would agree with that. Well, I think part of the reason with that is, right, um, uh, is the fact that the show is a stereotype-based show. Everybody on there is a stereotype. Okay, let me phrase that. Almost everyone on there is a stereotype. I mean, what I mean by a stereotype is, I'm not talking about, like, uh, you know, racial stereotypes in a negative way, but I'm talking about, you know, traditional TV tropes and, you know... Turned up to a hundred. The, right? the bumbling police chief. Yeah. The, uh, the town drunk. The um. Disinterested school teachers. Yeah. The wise but um short tempered bartender. Yeah. The um, you know, pleasant homemaker. The 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 Italian know. mobsters. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of everything. The the Indian. The Indian um, store clerk, which yeah. we'll get to here in a couple of weeks. The school bully. Yeah. yeah I mean, and and they're all played up to their volumes are turned up, and they all have like I I call it now Silent Bob syndrome. 
And what I mean by that is, um, Silent Bob doesn't say anything, but when he does say something, it's important. Whereas, you know, when every, when every character has that moment of, I don't say inspiration, but definitely moment of clarity, you know, it's always an intelligent or well thought out argument that makes you think, you know, and that's one of the reasons I like it. Um, but you know, it, it's it's one of it's got a lot of hallmarks, right? You know, like like a lot of comedies do, it's got a lot of hallmarks. Um, one of the hallmarks of Simpsons is, is its running gags, you know, and um, the opening the, the opening credit the opening gag. credit is a running gag. You know, there's there's two sorry, there's three running gags in the opening sequence, and that has been the same way for the last however many seasons you've got the chalkboard which is Bart writing you know I will not do something whatever every season they changed the uh, price tag whenever Maggie got scanned by the grocery scanner yeah I was going to say there's something with the grocery scanner too and then there's the couch gag yeah and the couch gag is the most recognizable the the least subtle of all of them because the other two are fairly subtle yeah Yeah, especially the Maggie one I'd say the Bart one's not so subtle but the couch gag, yeah, I think I think that's the it's synonymous with the Simpsons. Yeah, and I mean, it, and that's the only part that is intentionally surreal. Like you had them doing the, uh, uh, the riding the atom- riding the uh, couch like an atomic bomb, you know, like in um, that oh, what was the movie called? How I Learned to Stop Worrying and uh, dang, I forgot what it was called. I think my favorite one was the M.C. Escher one, where they they were walking in on stairs that were like in forty. Yes, and they couldn't figure out where the couch. Yeah. Oh man, there's I was, a bunch of bunch of really good ones. Can't remember most of them, but that that one really stuck in my head. Did you have a favorite uh, crank phone call that uh, that you used to have for moles? Uh, I I was like the ones that were believable <laughs> ish. Not Amanda hugging kids. Yeah, that was I think <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones. Um, uh, can't remember. There was another one that's on my tongue. Hugh S. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> yeah, I think Amanda Hug and Kiss, though. That one's, that uh, one, that one's pretty pretty classic. Uh, Homer would always bully Flanders. That, 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 was a, that was a running gag, but it always backfired on him. Because, uh, God bless Flanders. Flanders was either... He either played it off or was so oblivious he didn't get it. Yeah, I think he was... He's a very self-absorbed person, but not in a negative way, like... He's all about taking care of his and his own, so he's just happy mowing his lawn, you know, reading his Bible, doing whatever, you know. And then Homer's incompetence at work is another good one, too. I mean, how that man in his current state of mind, with no qualifications, became safety inspector in a nuclear power plant. Yeah, I was about to say, that seems like uh, a failure on the part of the power plant more than Homer. But yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Mr. Burns is, uh... Mr. Burns is Mr. Burns. He probably he probably has him there because he can pay him next to nothing. You know, as compared to someone that would be qualified. Perhaps. Oh. I don't know. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, so let's let's re- let's dive in, right, to who are the Simpsons, okay? Because I've got a list here of some of the most, um... Noteworthy characters. And this is, you know... The, the, yes, I, I wrote a lot of notes, but, uh... Half of them are this list of characters. Uh, <laughs> so we've got. I've split this up into um, into different things, but categories let, basically on what they where they belong. Yeah. So let's start off with the family, right? We've we've spoken a lot about Homer and Bart. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Homer J. Simpson and Bartholomew Jojo Simpson. 
I did not know that the J in Bartholomew J. Simpson stood for JoJo. And I also didn't know that J, Homer J. Simpson, I assume that was an abbreviation. That's actually J-A-Y. Yeah, in fact, there was an episode where they um, explained that. Um, okay, I must have missed that one. Okay. Um, basically, Homer didn't know what his middle name was when he was uh, going for a credit card or something like that. And he ended up in his mom's old hippie commune where she painted a mural for him. And when he pulled back the bush that was obscuring the J, it was Homer J. Dot Simpson. And when he pulled back a small bush, the name said J, J-A-Y. So he said, from now on, I will not be known as Homer J. Simpson. I will be Homer J. Simpson. And yeah, <laughs> so um, that actually had um, Tommy Chong and George Carlin in it as uh, voices of, of two guys. So, oh, man, I miss, I miss George Carlin so George, much. I would love to hear what he has to say right now. Uh, <laughs> I would just love to listen to him for pro- like 20 minutes. Pro- probably the same as what he said before. Uh, but he wouldn't yeah. ca- he wouldn't care, so that's a good thing. Um, then you've got okay. Let's lo- let's look at the female side of the family. You have Marjorie Jacqueline Bouvier Simpson. Ten bucks for guessing who she's named after. Jackie O. Yep. Yeah. Um, she's the mother of the family. Um, would you say downtrodden wife? Uh, yeah, in a way. <laughs> I mean, she- Homer has proven to be somewhat. Like, like I said before, he's a little aloof, so that that does lead to him overextending himself financially, physically, and often leaving her to bear the brunt of that. It's like, so, uh, um, sort of, yeah. She can tell anybody no except him, and it's not, it's not, in a, it's not in an intentional abusive way. You know, I mean, it's just. Unconditional love. It's unconditional love, and in fact, that's they had an episode where they split up, and that was uh, un, uh, that was his, his why they should be together. His unconditional dependence on her. <laughs> I don't know why. Fair enough, right? Um, you've got Lisa Marie Simpson, who's she named after? Lisa Marie Presley. Correct. Um, Lisa is the genius of the family, an eight-year-old prodigy. Um, Musician, painter, scholar, yeah. all kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, just like the complete opposite of everybody in the family. Yeah, she's definitely the mailman's baby. <laughs> well, not just that. I mean, if the mailman went to Harvard, that is. Right. Well, remember, Homer's got a high IQ. It's just he's got a crayon stuck up his nose, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's putting... The okay. dumbest thing that they ever... Oh, God. <laughs> Again, it ruined the mystery. But, um... No, I, I think Lisa gets the... Sh- Lisa's not very well liked among a lot of people. They think of her as a busybody, busybody know-it-all. She's which, very, she's very matter-of-factly. So yeah. I can see that. Like she's not one to go with the flow or just accept, accept things as they are. She's always challenging things, very skeptical. Yes, so I can see that. I can see that. She she requires proof of everything and does not allow any form of faith in her argument. And I'm not talking about you know religious faith or anything like that, but like. Hey, um, I need to get a ride tomorrow, and nobody can take me. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll get a ride. But how? Yeah. It's like, no, no, trust me. You'll get a ride. We'll, we'll get it sold it. But how are you going to get it sold it? No, trust us, you know? Right. It's It's got it's got to be spelled out for her. Um, Margaret Simpson, who is uh, named after Matt Groening's sister. Uh, interesting fact about Maggie. Maggie is one of, one of the also biggest running gags of the story, of the, of the show, excuse me. Um, she doesn't speak. Uh, her characteristics are basically she'd walk three feet and fall over, which... And- Yep. And suck on her the pa- pacifier. The pacifier. But uh, every time they show future uh, instances of The Simpsons, the running gag is whenever Maggie goes to speak, they always cut her off or she can't talk or something like that. 
you know, just to keep her mute. Um, <laughs> Maggie is an expert marksman. Oh, like... Oh. <laughs> kind of like the gag in uh, Home Improvement with Wilson. Yeah. Where you never see the bottom half of his face. Correct, yeah. Kind of like that. Where they just kind of kept it up as long as they could. And, gotcha. e- and every time you went to see the other half of his face, the camera cut away for a reason or something right. like that. Right, it would always know. obscure it in some way. Uh, they did a lot of that in Austin Powers with genitalia. Yeah. Um, and uh, Miss Bellamence in uh, The Powerpuff Girls. I have a lot of daughters, so you okay, know. Okay, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was way out of the house by the time uh, Powerpuff Girls were a thing. Oh, I remember I have a lot of daughters. So. Yes, you do. <laughs> I'm not um, I'm not accusing you of being a Powerpuff fan. But no, actually, because you're you're a parent. I understand. Hey, hey you know what though? I am a Powerpuff Girl fan. It's actually hilarious. I've actually heard it's a pretty cool show. I it just, is. I just haven't sat down and watched it. But the the character is called Miss Sarah Bellum. Oh, that's that, that's, that's that's clever. That's, yeah, um, and you never you you see her hair, and you see her from the neck down, but you never see her head. Uh, what was that show where, oh, uh, Char- was it Peanuts, Charlie Brown? Yeah. Like you never heard the adults actually talk? No, because all you heard was wah, 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 yeah. wah, That's, that's fairly accurate. That's, that's all I am now. <laughs> that, 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 that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's how my kids hear me and I hear other people. Uh, <laughs> right. But you've got then uh, Abraham Jebediah Springfield, uh, Springfield, Eb- let me start that again, Abraham Jebediah Simpson II, who is grandpa, who as we mentioned is named after um, Mac Ryan's grandfather unwittingly. Um, that character right there is one of my favorites for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> he sounds like a, a Jewish warrior. Yes. I mean, that's a very, very powerful name right there. Oh yeah. Uh, Old Tommy Bible... You know, I just, biblically you're a kind of thing. I'm sorry, but yeah, I've had enough Sunday school and religious upbringing that every time I hear the name Abraham, I just immediately think of a badass mofo. Daggone. Because Abraham was a badass. <sighs> but, um, and in fact, this Abraham's a badass, too. He served in the Fighting Hellfish faction in World War II. Yeah, he, he was a sergeant and all that, and all that crap, but he became an incompetent old fool. And I think, um, ironically, right, I hate to say stuff like this, but The Simpsons is a very, very uh, boomer show, right? And Abraham uh, kind of was the man, so to speak, right? So you've got all these characters who represent the boomer generation, and then you've got Old Man Square, Abraham Simpson, you know, always complaining, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the, it's the, the, it's all changed now, you know? The very people who, the, who, the, who they were, who they were laughing at, they, they became, you know? Um, you mentioned Patty and Selma. I love Patty and Selma. I think they are absolutely hilarious. The dry, the dry humor of the show, the sarcast, the sarcasm in the the dry portion. Um, they they kind of have a running gag too with the um, the cigarettes. Oh yeah, and the uh, like uh-huh. the uh, uh, <clears throat> like they're always like confirming and like groaning in s- synchronicity and stuff. I think uh, I think that's where Beavis and Butthead got their laughs from. <laughs> you know, um, one of the things I love about them is they always always have one-liners against Homer. Oh yeah, they're they're very quick, quick, quick. But Homer, the, the thing is, Homer never gets his own back on them. He never has one-liners on them. Now, I, I never noticed. I, I never caught one. Well, yeah, but but you got to understand something though. Homer is a big shameless baby. That's true. So I mean, it's it's kind of in vain, honestly. All yeah. their Nonetheless, it adds wonderful content to the show, and it's worth doing, regardless of the fact that it is ultimately in vain. But nonetheless, you know. I like the episode where he, he owed the money, and um, 
he walked into the room when they were sitting there and one of them was hmm is it me or did it just get fatter in here and it's just like oh, damn. <laughs> you know i don't know why that one made me laugh because they are not ex- you know they, they are bigger than homer you know <laughs> right 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 um let's go to springfield elementary school uh let's start with the adults first um bart's long-suffering teacher mrs grapple oh god bless her the um the original bike of the simpsons uh she was very very promiscuous in those early seasons yeah skinner and um the dude from uh red hot chili peppers really yeah the drummer oh yeah chad smith no sorry it was the drum from aerosmith excuse me oh uh, yeah uh, i don't i don't know his name um i don't tom think... something or... i don't i don't even think Stephen tarlin knows his name uh... he doesn't know his own name at this point <laughs> jeez I know who I am. I'm Joe Perry. He didn't, um, he didn't recognize his own music, man. He heard a song and told his bandmates that they should cover it, and they were like, that's us, dude. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, that's our song. You wrote that song. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Whatever he was on, yeah. <laughs> avoid drugs, kids. Uh, Miss Hoover is Lisa's long-suffering teacher. Okay. Who, who um, her and Ralphie, I think, have the greatest relationship in the simpsons yeah they're they're back and forth i, I think uh otto and lisa is really good too yep also um homer and apu is oh, yeah. always always classic uh nelson and bart's always good bart and skinner and also uh i'd like to offer ralph and anyone else oh yeah Ra- ralphie is awesome <laughs> ralph and anyone else was gonna be good i think uh you know okay back in the back in the early early 90s right Diagnosing a kid with a a condition like autism or ADD or, or anything like that, or Asperger's like that, was very very rudimentary, right? And I know there was a period in the late nineties where if a kid sneezed out of town, they were diagnosed with an, ADD. You know, yeah. yeah, which is you know, I mean, it's it's a legitimate. It's like people when they say they're depressed, but they have no signs of depression, other than they just felt sad because the item they wanted wasn't on sale. Yeah, you know. Um. So I think Ralphie became a very very good metaphor for how some people are autistic you know he probably has asperger's yeah i'd i'd go to venture because i i don't think he seems to be suffering socially but um that seems to be more of like he just kind of like blurts things yeah and that's very much that's uh, an asp thing yeah i had somebody ask me about that the other day because my, my son has autism uh he's a high he's high functioning autism he gets yeah. he plays multiple instruments gets straight a's i mean he's absolutely brilliant but I had somebody ask me, you know, what's the difference between Asperger's and autism? I said, okay, well, autism is you'll walk your kid into a room of people and they won't want to be there. Or they'll feel anxious or awkward because there's always people around. A kid with Asperger's, you walk them into a room and they'll walk up to the first thing that they don't understand or that's different and go, you know, point to some person and go, hey, why are you fat? Why yeah. are you so fat? Yep. Do you eat too much and you stop eating so much? You're fat. You're fat. And it's like. And, it's, and they're not doing it rudely because no, they, just, it's matter of fact. It doesn't make sense to them. They don't have like the they both. It's both both of them's a social construct thing. But with that, it's just they just blurt stuff. And I think Ralph, circling back to that, I think he comically has kind of like a version of that. Yeah, I guess you could argue. And he's actually become one of the more popular, most popular characters, most lovable characters. I think lovable is a good word for that because I mean, like he's, you know, he's he's not trying to hurt anybody. You know, it's kind of that. He's same, harmless. That same thing with Homer. Like maybe he's done some things, but I don't think he was never like I'm going to go get a gun and and murder Principal Skinner. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
he was just like he did something stupid and he ended up hurting himself you know? and I, th- I think you know that, that, that's one of the reasons why I, I like I said I love Ralphie I think he's he's a great character he's a positive character he's always very upbeat very upbeat regardless of what's going on yeah he can always find the silver lining yeah and you we know need more people like that dang right um then also at the school you have Milhouse uh, Bart's best friend who is the worst sidekick in the history of sidekicks yeah he's he's equally he's equally bumbling as compared to say like Homer or uh, Barney one of those characters that always oh, yeah. seems to be but Barney's Barney's problem is alcohol oh yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to him um, then you got the power plant right and you've got uh, Mr. Burns and excellent excellent this calls for Mr. Burns that's that's kind of a running gag too. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Burns is, I think, the embodiment of what people believe a rich sociopath is. Yeah, yeah. I th- and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. He's modeled to look like the Rothschilds, right. but I think it's Fox. It's it's the Simpsons dig at uh, Rupert Murdoch. You know, it, huh. it it has to be this this dig at Rupert Murdoch. You know, um, for those of you who don't know, Rupert Murdoch is the um, head honcho at News Corp, which owns Fox, right? Okay, I thought it may be like Alan Greenspan or something, yeah. one of those big dudes. Yeah, no, it's it. I, th- I think it goes right the way to the top. You know, the true ruler of the world. Um, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to talk about Smithers, and I just noticed he's next on the bullet. Oh point, yeah, so Smithers. Let's get let's start, let's start think, the Smithers. I think we can have a very we could have a special episode just delving into the psycho- psychological um, implications behind his character. It's pretty pretty heavy character. I think I think it is too, and I think you know where we are based where we are based in the world right now. Smithers would have to act like that to fit in. In his, in his social yeah. circle, like his world. Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. There's there's a very strange, okay. When, when I first witnessed the interactions between Smithers and um, Burns, Burns. I, I felt that it was like more of like a father son kind of connection. Like like this guy didn't have a father growing yeah. up, or he had a didn't have one that was around. So he latched onto him. He's right about the right age. Yeah, you know, he kind of latched onto him as a father figure. But then later on in other episodes, I kind of got the feeling that it was more than that. Yeah. So I didn't know if it was like an Oedipal thing, like he was attracted. To the father part and to a romantic part, yeah. or if it was just a purely romantic part, but there's something really complicated going on between that. I mean, you in know, in his head, there's got to be something crazy. And I mean, it's no, it's no secret. I mean, you know, he's the largest collector of Malibu Stacy, which is the Barbie of, of the Simpsons world. Um, he frequents a lot of where the other gay characters in the show hang out. You know, um, like for example, okay, there was an episode that they had. Um, I think it was John John Walters as a guest star. I think that's his name. John Walters? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, he played uh, a gay character. And in one of the scenes, they bump into Smithers. And Smithers is like, oh, so this is your sick mother. Because they were supposed to be doing something together, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. So, so that they've, 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 they've hinted at a plenty that, at least about his... I mean... It's like, it's like in Scary Movie, okay? The character of... Um, 
one of the Wayans brothers, the one who like he, you know, who said who. Oh, who, he like made his girl dress up like a football player. Yeah, and he's it's, like, it's like the, oh Terry. The, the, the running joke <laughs> of the movie is he's he's supposed to be gay, he's and like at the end closet, of the movie he's like, yeah. I'm not gay. What the, what the fuck wrong with you? you know? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with Smithers. He's he's very very closeted, and I think that his position in town in his social circle in his professional circle it's just kind of been programmed into him to suppress it yeah i mean and i, I know i know plenty of well, not plenty but i know people that have lived that i mean i know i know people that have lived most of their adult lives in straight you know yep. marriages and then one day realize that that's not what they wanted anymore so i mean hey more power to you it's just it's just interesting how they made that sort of they never really explained it. No, they kind of they gave you a few things, but then they would give you things that throw you off the trail too. You know, I mean, they put a neon sign around his head and said, and basically, you know, the, 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 the only thing they could, the only thing they sorry, let me phrase that, the only thing they didn't do was put a neon sign around his head saying "closeted." You know, yeah, basically, it's 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 hinted. So, but the great thing about it, the great thing about it is that Smithers. You know his his sexuality was accepted in the fandom very very quickly. You know, huh. it wasn't like a contentious issue. It was okay and uh, yeah, you know, okay. And I think because of that, that leads him to lead the life that he does. That he's got this unrequited love for somebody who will never give it back to him, but he has to be around all the time. Wait, so he still, in essence, gets a great gift by getting to be around them and spend time yeah. with them. And he doesn't seem wholly depressed. No, it's. I it's, mean, maybe it's maybe maybe it works for him. Maybe he's happy. Yeah. And as and as I mentioned with that other character, you know, he it's not as if you know, he's not dumb to that effect that it's never going to happen. So he does lead his life in you know, he does lead his life, albeit closeted, you know, which is not a good thing. But, but he's still you know, living it to his fullest. To, yeah. for the most part, I mean, he's still like I don't know. He's 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 living the best life that he can he's, in the only way he knows how to live the life. He's doing his thing. It's like we talked before about um, when um, Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky thing. Yep. And everybody was all, oh, how come he, you know, how did she, why did she stay with him? And blah, 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 blah. And well, what, dude, what if, what if, that, what if that's their thing? What if that's their thing? Yeah. What if, uh, you None know, your business. what if, what if her and Bill had a uh, key swapping parties back I in mean, the day, you know, dude, I mean, it's, I mean, strange things have happened. If she's mad, if she's not mad about it, why are you? Exactly. Time to move on. <laughs> well, um, you also have Lenny and Cole. They, they provide some, um, very good, uh, B and C role commentary, a little yeah. supporting humor and they kind of. And they tend to kind of check Homer on his crap a little bit too, yeah. which I find refreshing. And not just that, they, um, you know, again, it's another unrequited love thing. Because uh, <laughs> Lenny is desperately in love with Cole. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, not in, you know, but it, his is even more blatant, I guess. Okay. But at the same time, they also have a hate relationship as well. Like there's one episode where they um, they go into a mountain retreat. And they're paired up together. So they're pulling the names at the hat. Okay, we're going to have uh, Lenny and Carl. He goes, oh, crap. I mean, um, oh, crap. You know, it's just like, okay, fair enough. But, like, then another episode, he carved Mount Carlmore. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, you know. So I think I think their involvement is to show that Homer has a biggest a big social circle bigger social circle than than just you know the guys on the pub but at the same time 
it shows that all the men in Springfield are not um, are not that smart, you know. Yeah. And that there's something in the water, you know. Um, well, they do live right next to a power plant that is uh, directly dumping into the water. Um, I will... Blinky the three-eyed fish. That, that, thank you. Took it right out of my mouth. Exactly. Case in point. Well, um, interestingly enough, you know, we talked about stereotypes earlier. And... You know, I only noticed this by going through everything and everything. The Simpsons only has uh, three predominant characters of color. Four, if you include... Sorry, four characters of color. Dr. Hibbard. Apu. Uh, Apu. Le- uh, Carl and one of the police detectives that hang around Chief Wiggum. Yeah. And um, I don't... I can't remember which one is... Which one is it's either Louie or... Um, no, it's it's uh, Eddie. Excuse, Eddie or Louie. One of the two, right? And they are the only characters who are not stereotypes based on their race... Whereas everybody else's stereotype is based on their race. Yeah. Uh, Groundskeeper Willie. Um, <laughs> I love him. Fat Tony and, 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 and the mobsters, you know, uh, cr- even Krusty with his, with his Judaism, you know? Yeah. And I, I just thought that was, that was funny. Um, you've got one of my favorite characters right here, Diamond Joe Quimby. The mayor of Springfield. The mayor of Springfield. The most blatant Kennedy ripoff. Ken- I was gonna say that's Kennedy all the. Oh yeah, and it's not just his philandering, his um, you know, his his corruption, because you know Kennedy's affairs and corruption did not come out until after he died. Right. So you know, it's uh, his Achilles heel was just a little higher up, as they said on Red Wolf. Um, but it's it's a really really good um. Visu- visualization, of how people, distrust politicians. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he—it's he, obvious he's corrupt. He's he all, yeah, he's all talk, no, no substance. Yeah. Um. There was an episode where, uh, Bart skips school and ends up in the Quimby compound with the French waiter getting beaten up over a Rice, Rice Krispie Square. All right, and you got more on the stand, and he's like, uh, as, as a character witness or a witness that I was with the Quimbys all night. We were collecting canned food for the people in. One of those loser countries, right? That that was the joke, but that 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 was the funny part of the joke, right? The the, the, the supposed to make you laugh. The subtle part of the joke was when Chief Wiggum dropped a bag of money onto the witness stand. He goes, "Oh, good, my laundry is done." <laughs> you know, exactly. Oh, uh, Wiggum. Oh, my Wiggum is. Yeah. How a man that competent became police chief? Incompetent. Rather. Incompetent. Yeah. My, one of my one of my favorite lines was um they're sitting in the squad car it's him and the 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 black uh sergeant Lou yes and they're sitting there eating donuts with their feet on the dash you know because we're avoiding stereotypes here but uh someone I can't remember who it was one of the characters drives by really quickly and they're running radar <laughs> and he runs a radar and he's like it's like whoa 120 chief should we go grab him he's like nah Anyone who's driving that fast doesn't have time to be pulled over. <laughs> oh, my favorite one. Um, Burns is on the run from the FBI, right? And he go he drives out in like a 1920s Model H or something, right? And so the call comes across the radio. Be on the lookout for Mr. B- for, for Charles Montgomery Burns uh, driving a 1925 maroon Ford Model H. And as that comes on, Burns drives past Wiggum in the car. Wiggum looks at it and goes, Now, that was more burgundy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did they say black? Because it's more mate black. Yeah, but it's like, um, oh, he's he's got so many, so many. You know, uh, yeah. Bart falls down a well. You know, uh, the the well is like forty five inches in diameter, and none of the police can go down there. And he goes, "Look at you, man! You're all out of shape, disgusted pigs. Why don't you go down there, chief? Because I'm too f- f- important." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Fat Tony is another character who I I love, um, and I think that one of the reasons I think he's great is because he's not there all the time. He only shows up like maybe once or twice a season. So it kind of, you know, keeps the character as fresh just, as possible. Yeah, they don't just throw him in there to throw him in there. Like, he's he always has a purpose, um, which I think is good. Uh, Sideshow Bob, another one. Oh, yeah, I love Sideshow Bob. Uh, I think he should have had his own spinoff series. Is that Kelsey Grammer that did his voice? It was Kelsey Grammer, yes. Very nice. He has a great voice. And not only that, uh, they got the guy who played uh, his brother on Frasier. Oh, Niles? Yeah. Or whatever? To play... Um, What's his real name? Yeah. Uh, not, not important. Not, not important. important. But he played Sideshow Bob's brother in The Simpsons, too. Perfect. Because so, they, yeah. they work together well in Frasier, I they, thought. They got great chemistry. Great chemistry. Um, other Other townsfolk, right, who, who were important. Apu, we mentioned. A lot of controversy surrounding Apu the last couple of years, and I get it. I, yeah. I, really, I really do get it, you know, and I can't be in a position to say, well... Folks shouldn't be offended because blah, blah, blah. Because I'm not in that position. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say, dude's wrong because I have an emotional investment to that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, if I can't tell a man of color that he's wrong by being offended by a stereotypical portrayal of a man of color. Sure. You know, you, you can't. That's, that's, in my opinion, that's wrong. Uh, you've got Flanders. Nod and, uh, nod and med. I almost said that. Nod and med. Maud Flanders, <laughs> God rest her soul. Taken up by a t-shirt gun. Um, t-shirt gun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. She, um... It was, I can't remember which season it was, but the char- the voice actress quit the show, so they wrote all her characters out, but they killed off more Flanders. Like, literally, uh, it was at the Springfield um, racetrack where they were watching, you know... Okay. Stock cars make left turns for four hours. Okay, that makes... I, I'm starting to remember that now. I think I do remember that. And then they got the <laughs> T-shirt cannon for Homer, and Homer ducked at the last second and then knocked her off the bleachers See, to death. That, and that's exact... That's a perfect example of what I was talking about earlier. His aloofness, his his lack of awareness. Yeah. He didn't do it... At, he, he, he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to duck so Ma dies. Ha, 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 ha. He just... That's what happened. It's like <laughs> he, he 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 took his shirt off. He drew a ketchup target on his chest, right? Uh, and then he said, "Shoot, you know, sh- shoot it at me, shoot a ball at me." And then he looks down at the last second. He goes, "Oh, a penny!" And he bends over to pick up the penny. See, right? He's like, "Yeah." His lack of awareness <laughs> and his his general aloofness led to that. Rod and Todd Flanders, the Flanders children. Yeah, they're they're like the most neutered boring kids of all time. Imaginary Christmas. That's one thing I remember from them. <laughs> they were but they were they kinda They were happy with it. They had a they had a twinge of Ralph Wiggumism in them. Yes. In they, some they, ways. they did. I think they had a twinge of Asperger's. In fact I think uh Flanders, Flanders might have oh, a definitely. twinge of autism or Asperger's. Definitely. Just because it is a spectrum. I think it's a lot of people don't understand. It's like it's not like some disease where it's like you have, like, if you have AIDS, like, you have it. Yeah, there's no, you know. It's, like, on or off switch. But with with autism, it's, like, it's like a fader knob yeah. on a mixing console. Like, it, there's varying degrees of it. And I think they're definitely, all three of them, <laughs> imaginary Christmas. Uh, oh, man, yes. Yeah, they, 
Uh, yeah, the they Flanders so sheltered. all around. The Flanders all around are just hilarious. Just uh, the most unlucky family in Springfield because um, tornado ripped through the town, or hurricane ripped through the town, and they were the only people who got like displaced. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, talking of uh, religious nut jobs in The Simpsons, you have. Uh, <laughs> The Lovejoys. Reverend Lovejoy. And his wife, Helen. Reverend Lovejoy. Who were uh, played in the Garden of Eden by Iron Butterfly. <laughs> and that was that was so funny. That um, was hilarious. I remember that. <laughs> Wait, this is rock and or roll. Just... <laughs> we got both kinds, country and western. <laughs> um, he... He falls into that realm of he's a man of God, but he's not a man of God. He's he's a charlatan. He's a charlatan. He's a he's a wolf wolf in sheep's clothing. He puts on a he puts on a good front, but yeah, I think we we all if you watch enough Simpsons, you definitely know that that's the truth. He is he's not anything. It's it's his job, not his calling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And his wife. Will somebody please think of the children? Right. Yeah. Oh god. Um, we've mentioned Krusty, uh, Jasper. That's not ringing a bell to me. Dude with the beard. That's a peddling. Okay. Oh, <laughs> hey, I tell you, man, you can get going out there. Yeah, that, yeah. Guy, that, that guy. Oh, he's, yeah. The dude walks into the freezer, steps out, picks up something off the shelf, goes, Moon pie, what a time to be alive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just that perfect little short, little dry, little Staring out the going. window. That's a peddling. <laughs> That's it's the, that's the pad uh, paddling guy. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh uh, yeah, he's been memed. Oh yeah, he's one of the only ones that's been truly memed out of all these. If you really think about which, it, yeah, which is weird. You know, it's only Homer, Grandpa, and Jasper. Oh, uh, I can't. Even, uh, oh, the Homer disappearing into the bushes. Yeah. and what? Uh, what Grandpa what? walking into the burlesque house, putting his hat down, looking up, turning right back around, picking his hat oh. up, and walking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I saw that one for uh, when. When I start watching a YouTube video and it shows me an ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kent Brockman, the local news guy. Kent Brockman. Yeah. So I, for one, welcome our new alien overlords. Uh, you know, he's he's so bad, you know. Um, he reminds me of Purd Happily from uh, from uh, <laughs> Parks and Recreation. Uh, uh, it's like... Uh, uh, he's, he's introduced... He's like the announcer for a show. <laughs> and he's like... Uh, and now introduce Johnny Karate as me, Purd Happily. Like you put all the emphasis on the wrong guy. <laughs> That's totally Kent Brockman right there. Um, Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz. I'm going to talk about these two together real quick because uh, Phil Hartman was a yes. force of nature. One, One of, of the, the original golden era set in yes life. I, I was gonna say the exact same thing yeah. um the father of one of the uh the father of one of the characters in one of the greatest skits saturday night live ever did with uh, chris farley <laughs> oh the van down by the river <laughs> yeah yeah i watched that again and man i'll chris farley's genius will just is unrivaled he, I, he was just unbelievable i think adam sandler's recent appearance on saturday night live where he did a tribute to him caused the spike in searches for chris farley's genius that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, he he was hilarious, but uh, Phil Hartman, uh, legend, legend, uh, really good voice actor too. Good voice actor was able to play the smarmy, sarcastic character so well because he had the he had the voice. He, yeah, he had that that brash kind of cockiness in his attitude that Troy McClure kind of kind of had to have, and and the and the incompetence behind it that Lionel Hutz had to have. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a shame how he how he's no longer with us. Was you know. That, was that the was that the alien? 
No, I'm thinking of... Never mind. I'm You're thinking, thinking of Kang and Kodos. Yeah, I'm thinking of Futurama. Yeah, no. Um, sadly, Phil Hartman was uh, taken from us by uh, Murder Suicide. Was he? Yes. I did not know about that. Yes. His, uh, and unfortunately... That's terrible. And unfortunately... Well, okay. Fortunately for his legacy, but unfortunately for his life, he was the murder, not the suicide. So uh, his uh, his wife or his ex wife or ex girlfriend something like that broke into the house and killed a pair of them, and it was it was a horrible tragedy and you know but uh, that's terrible. Man. I'll always remember Phil. That. I'll always remember Phil Hartman in the movie Quick Change. I think it's called uh, with Bill Murray and crazy Randy Quaid and Gina Davis. They rob a bank dressed as a clown. And I thought that was the most hilarious thing ever. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, have to remind me of that so I can watch it. This sounds awesome. It, it 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 it's an acquired funny. Like you have to be into the fact that it's silly, you know, because yeah, it it didn't do that good. Although it did have that seventies dad in there as a as a crime lord, Red Foreman. Yeah, the forehead. Yes. <laughs> uh, but um, only two other main characters show up. Um in the Simpsons and that's Kang and Cordus and they usually show up in the traditional Treehouse of Horror episodes uh, for those who don't know every year the Simpsons produces uh, three eight minute shorts with no relevance to canon which is just scary shit, or attempt to be scary shit, anyway you know um, it's usually the opener to the season but like you have things like um, they did The Shining a parody of The Shining using uh, Groundskeeper Willie as the guy you know to save everything you yeah had. they're good about like appointing characters like if they're doing an adaptation of something they're good about like appointing characters to those stories that fit yeah they're both sides so you it's yeah it's, it's pretty pretty neat always always a lot of uh thought into that and i've actually heard that they they work on the treehouse of horror all year really yeah they they that's something that they that they work they start working on early in the year so that it that, that it's always special they it's always fresh yeah they add you know they do a lot of the the grunt work ahead of time so they can put in all the other stuff you know and and as guys who work in marketing sound engineering we we know about doing seasonal stuff out of season you know yeah <laughs> i guarantee you in the next two weeks one of us is gonna be doing christmas work uh <laughs> yeah no, yeah um i just did a whole bunch of reloads for um one company and it took me three days dang it was like 80 something cases dang so um, yeah, yeah, that's coming. So, <laughs> Christmas right. and Thanksgiving are uh, coming next. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. Like, why don't you play Christmas music at your house? Because I've been listening to it since August. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up this episode, as kind of a background of The Simpsons, right? The Simpsons is uh, one of the uh, most awarded shows in animated history with over 120 uh, major awards. That's crazy. 34 Annie Awards, which is the big animation awards, and 33 Emmy Awards, right? And they were also the first. And to this date, only cartoon, only animated show to win a Peabody Award, which is insane. I think I think you could argue right there, just because of those facts you presented, that it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Definitely. definitely. Animated or not, definitely. Definitely. So, what does that mean? Well, that means that we've got a lot more to talk about, and we've unfortunately run out of time to talk about it. Uh, we've got a few more things to talk about for this episode, but we will be back in a couple of weeks where we talk about some of the more meat and potato stuff of The Simpsons, you know, where we look at um, some of the more controversial episodes, some of the more contro- controversial parts, how they started the decline, the peak, and so on and so forth. You, don't, you guys don't want to miss that. But we will be back in just a few moments. 
All right, guys, we got a couple of minutes before we get out here. Greg, man, thanks for uh, coming on. I appreciate you. It's good to be back. Um, yeah. You are going to be here in uh, two weeks after this episode drops where we talk more about The Simpsons. And then you're going to be joining me about uh, the beginning of one of the greatest video game franchises of all time. Tekken? Grand Theft oh. Auto. Oh, yeah. That's the, or- the original one, you know, where it was actually fun and not as uber complicated as it became <laughs> it was uh it was it was definitely different it was a bird's eye view um it was not an open world it was more guided well yep. it was open world it wasn't quite as open so to speak but it was yeah. half open so to speak yeah you had you still yeah because i mean in, in a lot of open world games if you uh start on a quest that you're not supposed to do It'll kind of set the quest up for you. You know, um, Skyrim, for example, uh, Mer- Meridia's Beacon. Yeah, if you find it before someone tells you to find it, it'll yeah. just cut out that first part of that and yeah. just push you through. Yeah. Whereas in that Grand Theft Auto, if you did something that was part of a quest and you didn't finish that quest, you'd kind of it'd jack you up a little bit. Yeah. Well, the, the first Grand Theft Auto was kind of a project. It was more or less thrown together for fun. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they definitely worked out the kinks and, and the next preceding ones. And especially GTA London as well. Yeah. I loved that one because of the, the, the burn inside me was like, oh, it's, you know, set in 1960s London. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so, like I said, Greg will be here in the next couple of weeks, uh, back to back. And we do actually have a social media question for you, which I will announce the answer to the end at next week's show. And that is... What is your favorite Simpsons episode? That's all you got to do. Go ahead and on social media and just drop. You know, I'll I'll put I'll put a question up there and pin post and whatever all that nonsense is. And you guys just tell me, hey, my favorite episode of The Simpsons was the one where Ross moves the couch up the stairs. You know, or whatever <laughs> it is, right? Uh, <laughs> so next time I'm, uh, that we're doing on here is actually going to be one of the other episodes we recorded towards the beginning of the year. I'm going to be joined by Luke Eldon. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of his favorite episodes of The Simpsons. And uh, then the week after that, we're going to be talking back with Greg. And we're going to be talking about some of his favorite episodes and some of the more meat and potatoes of The Simpsons going forward. And... <laughs> That's right, and like like Greg mentioned earlier, if you guys are on social media and everything, check out the holodecks, check out uh, you know Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all that nonsense for us, and all of that will be in the description of the podcast, and all of us will be on our social media pages. It is fantastic to be back, and we will be back, so you guys take it easy, have a wonderful night, and we will see you next time. Peace. I'm in. You in? Okay. What's up, y'all? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I found my end piece. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I need that in my life. I really do. Oh. Uh.